Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Taylor. I will be your host for the evening. With us, as always, is Ryan. Hi, Taylor. I will, I guess, based on what you just said, not be the host tonight. No, you're not going to be the host. I'm going to be the host tonight. Okay. Uh, Did you want to be the host? Is there? I just I didn't know if like discussion time was over. If we're still spitballing, who was going to be the host tonight? Listen, if you want to be the host, be my guest. I'm not saying that I want to be the host. I'm why are you making a thing about it? It's not a thing yet. You're making it a thing. I'm starting it, and by saying it's a thing, now you're making it a thing. What, Mike? He said, if you want to be the host, be my guest. Power move. He's still the host then because he's letting you be the host. Oh, my goodness. Because you're his guest. And he's also singing it with a bunch of dancing spoons and knives behind him. Why is they're all in France, motherfuckers. Why is only the candle have a French accent? Not even speak some French. Well, has a French else, accent. Everyone else has the decency to cover it up with their good... Belle and Gaston, two French-ass French names, are still the whitest American I guarantee you, because America rules. If you pulled people from ages 5 to 55 all across this great land of ours, from the heartland, uh, the grains that are flowing in the ocean, however mm-hmm. the country works... Uh, 95% of the people would say, oh, that takes place in America, for right. sure. Don't oh, believe yeah, him? Ask the dishes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also with us is that other voice you hear, Mike. I'm Mike. And you are also right now covering up your French accent. I always try to. You guys give me real shit when I uh, don't. Talk, uh-huh. talk normal for us, though. Lose, lose the American accent. Let's just hear you in your native tongue. How do you say, do you want this uh, <laughs> Jesus baguette? Christ. I'm not doing <laughs> your cartoon-ass French accent. You're doing just a regular I'm doing my, uh, salt of the how, earth French how do you accent. Say, <laughs> That's true. I've only learned about French accents from cartoons. Yes. Yeah, I've never we, been to France. This is probably what they sound like. Oh, oui, oui. My name is uh, Felapio. Uh, Jean Dujardin. <laughs> is we. Oui, uh-huh. uh, not with us tonight is Greg, and that's why he's throwing shit all around the, the studio. Uh, and we wish him uh, a fast recovery uh, from. Dropping shit in the studio? So yeah, from dropping shit in the studio and having a, a severe ass infection. He's, I don't get to host. Too many a- he's got too many asses. I don't get to host, and he gets to drop shit in the studio? Mm-hmm. So the two best jobs are taken, and I also don't get to show how I'm French. Drop it. Well, here, if it'll make it up to you. Yes. Ryan. Yes. Would you like to show everyone how you're French? I'm not French. No butt. Also, I have no butt. Yeah, so you can't have an ass infection either, no butt. Oh, yeah. Th- I'm real sad about the fact but that I can't have an ass infection. That's what you're claiming. You no know, butt McGee over here. <laughs> you know who else doesn't have a butt? Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. That's right. It's an explicitly Christian podcast, you guys. This is why this... Mm. Yeah, uh, the Lord doesn't shit. That's, a, that's just a thing that I think... Oh, 40 you, Days in the Desert, no shit. I call shenanigans. Oh, well, what? You think that it, the, the Lord... The are, Lord got on his hands and knees... Fucking dug a hole for his poo-poo. Oh, wait, hold on. I thought you were talking about how God's poop on their <laughs> hands and knees and just let it come God's out. God's poop is lightning, idiot. <laughs> that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right, but I don't I don't know enough about theology. Ball lightning is where he eats dairy and he's not used to it, it comes out different. Oh man. Ball I, lightning. Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen ball lightning? Shouldn't that be his jism? <laughs> oh, oh, real crass, Ryan. Real crass. That's sleet. Wait! Wow! Way to go, Blue, on this episode. Where in talking about the Lord are, on the Lord's Day? Are we podcast finally night in America? Are we finally coming out uh, as a Christian podcast? Because yeah. this we're, show, we're pulling a Reliant K superhero has been around for exactly as long as Gotham has. 
Yeah. And now that it's over, we don't we know can to do finally let our Christian hair down. It's we're rising again. We've been in the tomb, and now we've rolled that stone away. We went to that big white mountain. We montaged ourselves into uh, superhero Christian podcasters, mm-hmm. and now it's we're ready to rock. We're gonna sleep on sleeping bags on top of sleeping bags. Hell the yeah. Christian way. The Christian way. Speaking of the Christian way, we watched Gotham this week. But before we get to that, the super serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're here in the super serious Shishi Bullpen, the part of the show where we kick back and have a little fun with some saggies. That's right. We are doing a little segment that everyone knows as Hot Stove. Now, if you've listened to this segment before, ooh, nice sound drop. If you listen to this segment before, you know that this is a part of the show where we take uh, people who maybe aren't uh, on shows currently and we're moving them to other shows that we do. And this week, we're going to be doing that for Gotham. So you all get it. It's like a hot stove. It's like, oh, too hot. It's too yeah. hot. But I think we can also all agree that the real hot stove is the eternal damnation that comes from the people who deny our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So with all of that said, we're moving into Gotham. Because show's over, all of their people. I never want to move into Gotham. I don't care how fucking low the real estate oh, gets. Oh no, it's it, the the cost of living is very cheap, and there's a lot to do in the nightlife. Zillow makes it look really great to live there, but what, it is not. What if it was spend one night and then keep the apartment forever? Oh, for sure. Then you would do it. Yeah, you would die for one night. One night you would. One die. night only, I would die. I would stay right out of Crime Alley. I would not go near a single toy shop or fish market. Every alley is crime alley, and every type of shop has a villain attached to it. They never fuck with apartments. <laughs> what about apartment man? Oh, beware the apartment man. I'll tell you apart. All right, man. so we're going to go through. Uh, you guys are going to give me a char- an actor from, uh, or a character, if you really want to go that way, from Gotham that you are moving to a new show. But if somebody else already has... That uh, character actor moving to a n- different show, we might have to have a little battlesy to see where they actually end up. And so, you have gotten the license, like you have the power of attorney, one hundred percent for every single actor on Gotham. Yes, one hundred percent. I got it. So, for instance, like if you wanted to move, you know, uh, a- an actor, say like Selena Kyle, you can move her right onto the garbage. Starting off with Ryan, I, Taylor, I have to start with, and I did not write the actress's name down, Aaron. Williams? Aaron Brockovich. Good job, guys. (laughs) Let me tell you about my best friend. Aaron Williams, let's just say, I'll look it up in a second. She plays Barbara Gordon. She became, she started off as the LVP. She became the MVP. And we, like, when a show is over, that's like a factory shutting down. Like, now everybody's out of work. And who is here to care for the actors? So I'm going to move her directly to Riverdale as Kevin Keller's mom. We've never met Kevin Keller's mom, have we? And if she's dead, not anymore. Like, that's not going to be that crazy on Riverdale if she was dead and right. now she's not. Lazarus no, Pitts. I, I, if I recall, on Riverdale, they are just estranged. Uh, and so they finalized the divorce for uh, him to marry What's-Her-Face. So, yeah, that, that plays. And her name is still Barbara. She was hanging out in Gotham. Yeah. Bar- it's Barbara, all connected. Barbara, Barbara Keller, nay Gordon. Nay Keen. Nay Keen. I love it. I'm, nay Kid. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. So, is anyone, uh, is anyone going to? Uh, yeah, but he got Mike trying to beat that shit. Yeah, yeah. I also want Barbara Kelly. Oh, Wait, no, I'm Riverdale. I forgot what her name was. Barbara Keene, Aaron Williams, Nay I'm, Kidman. I'm on board. I, I love this idea. It'll, she... it'll dovetail right along with what they're doing with Riverdale. Currently. No, I'm saying I want this actress for a different show. Oh, what? Yes. Why? Aaron Richards. What could possibly be better than it's that? It's Aaron Richards, and I want Aaron Richards on Doom Patrol. 
What? Because I think you have to know how to chew the certain kind of scenery. And Doom Patrol, I think they could shake it up. She could either hang out for a couple episodes like Fat Constantine did, or she could be one and done like Beard Hunter hopefully is. But I think she could get in there, tear it up. Be nobody. What? There's two kinds of threats on this show. It's either Mr. Nobody, who's the ultimate threat, so they never deal with him, or threats that they can easily get over. And I want somebody to like shake their shit up. What? I have a question for both of you, for each of your respective shows, and this is going to determine where I send my client. What type of hair is she going to have on your show? I love pixie cut. And you guys know when I was born, but her hairstyle in the finish. finale was magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also very Riverdale-y. And so I want the bright, like clearly dyed red, not like Leeching or Paramore. Right. It's not, it doesn't go orange, but it's like that, that very fake, awesome hot fake red. Fake Auburn. Yes. Well, Which uh, is what we call Clemson. <laughs> fuck you. God damn it. What the fuck is... What are you doing? What are you doing? People might call Auburn fake Clemson. We don't know. I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's, a, it's a college football reference. Anyway, it's going immediately to Mike. God damn because, it. Because of Pixie Cut. Uh, you can't oh, because Auburn's a college. Yes. Fuck off. That's a good joke, Ryan. Time out. So, uh, Aaron Richards is going to Doom Patrol. So now... Who do we got? Mike, kicking it off. Where, do, where are you moving? Who are you moving to? I what, want <laughs> what, what moves? to grab. Show me your moves. Like Jagger? One, Oswald A. Cobblepot. Uh-huh. Stealing him right up and send him to a little ship I like to call, because it is its name, the Wave Rider on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. I am all about that. Do you want to give the give, give, give a little ringy ding ding to your to the agent there? Yeah. Bloop, 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 bloop. Bing bong. <laughs> ring, ring, hello. Hey, is this Bing bong? This is Bing bong. How you doing, Bing I, bong? I got a hot trade for you, Bing bong. Oh. By trade, I mean swooping up this free agent. Oh, give me your free agent, baby. We're stealing the penguin and putting him on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. I'm all about that shit. Ring, 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 ring. Oh, hold on. I'm getting another call on another line. I uh, guess I'll wait, Rude. Bing bong. Hey, Taylor. Yeah. I heard that you're... The Penguin's agent. I 100% am, and, and I he think is that, totally free. No one has made any other offers. Yeah, don't patch me in anything. Just hang up on I'm everybody. I'm not patched in, but I feel like... What is I'm that noise in the background? Right now. Oh, I don't know. Some, some assholes in the background. It What's sounds like somebody's on? holding a can with a oh, string you know in it. I'm going to hang up. Ring, 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 ring. Oh, shit. Oh, hold wait, on. Taylor, got, Taylor, Taylor, wait, 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 Taylor. Taylor. Ring, ring, bing bong. Hey, yeah, uh, I was on hold too long, so I'm calling back. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna put you on hold. Real no, no, quick. just patch it in. Let's just do this once. All right, Ryan. What's going on? What do you got for me, baby? Speaking of patching in, um, I am going to move the penguin to The Walking Dead, and I he, don't get it. He's gonna be. Don't uh, understand. His name is gonna be Carl. No one, and he's gonna have no patches, and that he's always gonna brag about that how he's no patch Carl, and he's gonna be Rick's new son that we never heard about. Wait, fuck this. I'm just this guy's neighbor. <laughs> Bing bong, you hung up on me for the last time. Oh, put that on shit. speakerphone. Jeez. Okay, I'm going to put this guy. The love speakerphone. below. Gonna put What's this, this guy doing? Right? You're trying to steal Oswald? That's the only reason fucking bing bong people on hold for so long. What do you want to do? Move him to some show that's not The Walking Dead? The Walking Dead? Yeah. You would waste this great actor, America's Billy Eichner's best friend, and waste him on The Walking Dead? Okay, are you the Penguin's agent? Because now you're stealing the Penguin's agent's lines when they when they call about Christopher Lord Taylor Robin Johnson. Well, I want Christopher Lord Taylor Robin Johnson and throw him on the Wave Rider because they do a great job at revitalizing villains and making them sort of heroic. You want to, and this is the you want to keep him as the Penguin. Yes, Fat Penguin. Mm, no, I like thin, sexy Penguin. <laughs> oh, thin, sexy, thin, sexy emo Penguin. 
Okay, I want to keep Fat Penguin as I'm No Patch obs- Carl. I'm more upset by Fat Penguin than people are Lebowski Thor. Oh, Nobody's yeah. talking about it. Uh, well, I am going to make a decision right now. My good friend, Penguin, Robin Lord Taylor, is going to go to the Wave Rider. Son of a bitch. I do love the look of him as My Chemical Romance Penguin. Uh, now, we're going to move on to a, a next trade. What do we got? I am going to um, call Ben McKenzie's agent, if I may. Bing bong, boom, boom, bing bong, boom. Oh, bing bong. Hey. Ring, ring, hello. Hey, is this Taylor, Ben McKenzie's agent? That sure is. I know exactly who Ben McKenzie is. This is um, this is Ryan, and you know me as the, one of the biggest Ben McKenzie fans of all time. 100%. I, that's I, one thing I know about you, my friend. I've co-started two podcasts about Ben McKenzie's <laughs> career. So that makes sense to me. I'm in. Um, and so James Gordon is done. Oh, 100%. And so I just want to, while we're doing this, I want to, uh, like, we're going to figure out his next job, his big time thing. I want to put going to kill him, but if oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Thing. Don't do that. Uh, I want to put him on the last season of Arrow. I want Thea to come back, and I want him <laughs> and Thea to hook up because then hit, then uh, Ryan Atwood and Marissa hey, Cooper's little sister. Bring, I'm going to hang bing, up. Bring, bring, uh, ringing. Bing bong. What's hey. going on, my buddy? Hey, is this bing bong? This is bing bong, 100%. And you're Ben McKenzie's agent? 100%. And I have also, a real handle on this. Ryan from uh, Superhero Hour Hour is also on the line. Oh, so. hi, Ryan from the Superhero Hour. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How about you, dude? Wait, you sound how sexy. How the fuck did you get on this line? Long time, no time. Long time, no time. Uh, I have a great pitch for you. Yeah, 100%. So we're taking Ben McKenzie, free agent now. Yeah. Okay, that's what we were talking about, but that's fine. Yeah. So I think he's a good closer. Arrow's about to end. We uh, send him oh, straight to the last episode of Arrow. And here's where it gets funky. God you bring it. Thea Queen back. <laughs> They hook up. Hey, I'm going to hang up real quick. Uh, hey, Ben McKenzie, come in here. Hey, sorry, uh, the trades are in. We're going to have to kill you. We're going to have to execute you right away. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, uh, we're- head is twisted so sexy. That is all the time we have for the Super Series Shoes and Bullpen. I have to go kill Ben McKenzie. But now we're going to move on and talk about the Gotham Series finale and all of the reasons why he will never have another career. In the Gotham series finale, it's 10 years after Bruce left the city, and there are rumors of a thing stalking the streets of Gotham helping people. Gordon has a mustache, Barbara is a redhead, Selena is a different person, Penguin is fat, and Ed likes stabbing comatose people in their limbs, and no one has talked seemingly in 10 years. Taste Buds, I ask you this. So often, series finales don't stick the landing because they try to tug on our heartstrings, reminding us of big moments from the entire run. How does Gotham's take on series finale as a reunion episode work to avoid those pitfalls? It doesn't. And I think that's okay. Like, maybe it's just because I'm, like, uh, hot off the presses of Endgame, you Mm -hmm. know, which, like, in some very tiny ways is similar to the season finale of Gotham, (laughs) whereas it gives us all the stuff that we've needed and built towards. Um, And maybe it's because I have spent most of the last five years liking the show more than I should. But nothing surprising, no, nothing. I was like, oh, clever. Yeah. Or, no. oh, I didn't see that coming. And yet, I thought it was still as close to, it's a different scale. This it, is as perfect as the Gotham, yeah. fin- not a TV show, but the Gotham finale needs the to be. The moment they went back to that pier, I was like, they needed to do this. Right. Yeah, and it even had to happen. That, w- that was the most heartstring moment. The most like, remember these things? And Gordon was like, why do you always, <laughs> this is the worst place to try to kill anybody. It, I, has anyone ever successfully been killed at that no, pier? Penguin himself has dodged dying on that pier several times. And Gordon had that move, and you need that move, because it's not 
foolproof. Like, yeah, you're still dodging a bullet. Yeah, yeah. where he, he dived off and then like twisted his body in such a way where a bullet just shot right past him. Because, you know, you're diving off the pier. I will say it didn't feel – it felt like the Saves the Bell beach wedding reunion more than a series finale. It, it yeah. felt like they made it – like it should have been 10 years from now so we could have felt nostalgic about it's, it. It's weird because like they they can't do – big stakes for this episode mm-hmm. like anytime when they were like oh there's c4 in the building and all the characters that you know and love i have from- doctor's hands yeah they're like oh all the characters you know and love from decades of batman <laughs> lore might die here who knows we and still like, we should have had a, like a killer moth or some bad guy that we have never seen before yeah. just pop up and be like and remember me the whole time guys i was here clayface i guess I was that's always in the background that's why i bring up endgame is because there's been so many articles since it came out uh like from very smart people who don't really know how to review part 22 mm-hmm. of you know a movie series saying like i don't know fan service sometimes it's totally fine and yeah. that's all we got here and we didn't want any more i feel like if we're complaining like not a super tight, tightly scripted hour yeah. We're missing the point. My actual complaint is that Gotham at its best is insane. And this was a pretty tame right. episode. Too much to do? The the most insane it got was, hey, that guy that we've told you for years and years wasn't the Joker. Hey, he's the Joker. Yeah. He's the fucking Joker. And then I'm like, don't say his name. Now it's the opposite. Don't say Jeremiah. This isn't insane like what we're thinking about, like Barbara in a wheelchair shooting guns being pushed down right. a hall. Like, yeah. Not classic Gotham. But the moment that I think stands out from this episode is very brightly colored, uh-huh. uh, very costumed Riddler and Penguin turning Just around a corner, oh, giggling, uh, and then see like hearing or seeing a shadow of Batman, uh-huh. and then being like Scooby Doo cartoon characters and like running away. And it, I don't know if that felt like a very it, it wasn't a super Gotham moment, but it was almost like a transition into. Now Batman 66 right. starts, yes. right? This, this, this felt like the pilot episode of a modern Batman 66, right. for sure. Which, that's a show I would watch. That's what we wanted for five years straight. And they started to give us a little bit of that starting like season four Right. But, but still not enough. They would still lean dark, where this right. was just so cartoony. Where the first three seasons were like, all right, we didn't do it last season, but this year, Batman the Wire, right? We're going to do it. We're going to oh, nail we'll Batman the Wire. out. And... Can we talk about, we did an over-under a few weeks ago about how much in this finale we would actually see of Batman. And I think we nailed it when we said it was going to be under four minutes. Oh, yeah. And definitely. But how did you guys feel about the very end when they showed Batman? And that was allegedly David Mazuz's face, right? Yeah. I believe it to be. It sounds more like a like demon that you need to exercise then. <laughs> yeah. It's Mazuzala. I guess it looked better. It was just so quick that why even yeah. have to have him be it? Selena's changed. Like he used his voice. That's fine. And then when they zoomed in on it, it's it's just very obviously like a, a big bulky Batman man with this. <laughs> Who's this my little, big bulky Batman man? <laughs> this little tiny boy's face. It's like when uh, Ruffalo takes off the helmet in Infinity War, and it's just his little head in the <laughs> fucking Hulk Basher armor. Yeah, I was like, this is it's dumb. Like I get why they're doing it, but this is a dumb thing. I did appreciate about that moment though. Um, going back to our nation's greatest actor, Ben McKenzie, and uh-huh. what he is capable of. Um, him looking up and saying, "Somebody said, who is that?" And he says, "A friend." With that perfect smirk of, does he know? Does he not yeah. know? Like, did, did Gordon always know? Does Gordon and never me. know? And me. I think he deserves one, right? Yeah. I, I did really appreciate that they were like, ah, listen, there's this crazy guy dressed as a bat going around and stopping crime. And also, that kid who used to stop crime with you, he's been too busy to see you. He's back in town, night. but won't say hi to anybody. Yeah. But I mean, 
that's classic superhero shit. Uh-huh. You know, like Clark Kent's glasses that they danced around, but not that didn't make fun of. You what know? I do like is Selena's like. Tell Bruce to stop fucking following me, dressed as a bat. And Alfred's like, what? She's like, I fucking know. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and every single person in the city is like, Bruce Wayne's coming back. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah. boom, 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 boom. Bruce is back. Uh, <laughs> I love how happy they were. They're like, hey, remember that shitty kid who was around our city 10 years ago? Very excited that he's coming back. Would someone like Selena Kyle with that personality give a shit or at least pretend to not give a shit? It seemed like she thought about him every day for 10 yeah. years straight. That yeah. is unhealthy. Dude, if you're 17, you break up with your beau, they leave and come back in a decade, and you're still that hung up, you go to therapy, girl. Like, yeah. that is messed up. Well, th- listen, Selena Kyle was never great at dealing with her problems. Or acting. <laughs> um, How do we feel about new Selena? Loved it. Oh, yeah. So much better. Upgrade? Oh, yeah, for sure. So much better. Because it seemed like she cared about acting or about being alive and on again, camera. And like- again, it sucks to uh, constantly throw insults at a 12-year-old girl. I know. And we have to remember that uh, she was picked out of a dance crew. Right. Like, she had never acted before. And it shows, because she's awful. It, ah! I thought I was going to turn around, but it didn't, and I loved nope. it. It showed because, like, she just very clearly did not want to be there, and I'm glad that they got someone for the final episode to relieve her. Like, but the the new Selena was great. She was fine. That that felt like part of why they couldn't show Bruce is because he would still look like a fourteen year old, and he was talking to this adult woman, and she'd be like, "I still love you," and you're like, mm, "No." And I believe them when they say that they had David Mazuzula in that mask. But between the mask and then the the black makeup that uh-huh. Batman always puts on before he puts on the cowl, uh, they could have gone with somebody else. It didn't look like that much of a kid, you know? Right. Batman's get ready. He he like. Does some fucking curls. You got to pump it up to make the the bad guys a little afraid of you. Boost those muscles. He puts on wild horses, and he just very methodically puts that black makeup around his eyes. I thought what he did was he uh, like went up to prank telescopes where somebody had put shoe polish, like yeah. you know, telescopes that are set up for peeping. He calls his friend of me, the prankster, and says, "Hey, are, can we go see the stars tonight?" The other thing I loved about Year One Batman because uh, he seems pretty good at his job already, right? Uh-huh. Like battering to the hand. That's pretty good for like that's week fucked one. up. But every time he was in any scene, he, the whole time he was like, "I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Please, God, I'm your friend. Please, <laughs> Please don't me. shoot me. I still don't like guns. I'm uh, acting weird right now, but I'm your friend." I also liked is that they legit strung up uh, in not a murderous way, cartoonish Penguin and Riddler because yeah. that was like cave climbing rappel rope. That was thick ass rope. That was normal Batman's little wire that it, like would yeah. cut off circulation. That, that that was like a well thought out harness. But don't you think in Batman fashion it was all flipped horizontally and they were just hanging not vertically? Uh-huh. Yeah, you do think that? I agree with you. You, you do think that thing I said is true? Yes. I I did like the just the idea of Young David Mazuzla carrying around because that was so much goddamn just rope. Just pounds and pounds of rope. Like he's just carrying, like 50% of his costume at least is just rope. <laughs> it's just coiled around him it's like some sort of rope. fucking Broadway tech. This is not our job, but hey, we got time. <laughs> Did they make the right decision of not giving us, not ending it flying to the mountain, but ending it 10 years later? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I, the, the real series finale was last week. This was fun. Uh, we didn't have to wait a few years because they realized nobody would care to bring this back in a few oh, yeah. years. Yeah. A reunion in five years like would be the lowest watch thing in history. But it did feel like just like a mid-level B-Taz episode. There's just a bunch of like normal plot shit. Like yeah. bad guy plot, not like script plot uh, going on. It was just like, okay, this is exciting. It's fun. All of you get the tone of what this episode is. So you didn't feel the checklist the whole time? No. Oh, no, I did. 
I I didn't feel the checklist so much as I mean maybe it's just because I haven't watched as much of this season, but it did feel like to me they were like here's like here's villain shit that's happening and also like we're just setting up this is how Gotham is going to be. This is the Gotham you know and love. Like they're all just doing over the top wacky shit and like shaving mustaches. Yeah, like everything has gotten like 12 degrees wackier in Gotham since we last saw it and I was like, "You know what? I like this." Like the fucking Riddler's screaming, "It's a callback." <laughs> and uh, how do you guys feel about Ed's Jim Carrey impression? Because yeah, he did not do this for the last five years, but, but this episode—if it's—if it's not a direct uh, thing that leads into Batman sixty six, that it's Batman Forever uh-huh. because he finally because you know he was trying so hard for five years not to do Jim Carrey, and then you know what? For the last show, here we go. Which is and this is dumb because like nobody really cares about the Riddler, but like that is not who the Riddler should be. That is Jim Carrey's take on the Joker dressed in green, and so it was cool when he avoided that for five years. Now he went, I don't give a shit. But I mean, couldn't the argument be made that he wanted to land at Batman Forever, mm-hmm. so he spent five years getting there, getting to there. Well, plus like it. I think Ed has some issues, like we all do. But I don't think he belongs in Arkham, and the, like he could still hold cogent conversations with the guards in the scenes we got with him in there. I think that would push you to the edge more than anything. But also, sometimes he has personality disorder, where he is told by his other personality to kill people, and that's—I mean, we all go through that. Uh, yeah. One thing that Gotham has done for the entire series, but this finale really sent home, is that the common theory for a while now is that. Batman created the villains as much mm. as the villains created the villains, right? Or and vil- they created each other, and Gotham threw that right out the window. Mm. Like in order to do this premise of pre-Batman, we right. can't think that anymore. But in the in this finale, it really sent home that like we took that really interesting, although hack at this point idea, right. and just threw it right the fuck out the window. That was really interesting forty years ago. It feels like postmodern because I don't think when they created Batman, they thought that if people eventually like isn't that cool, and now it's. It does feel like more brave to be like, somebody saw how bad the world was and went, I should be a hero. And now we're like, ooh, look at that. What? So yeah, what do you know? Every time we reverse the cycle or like yeah. return to the beginning point, it feels brave because it's not what everybody else has done for the last cycle. Exactly. Because it, like for the last 30 years, everybody's been like, what if Batman is the reason they exist? Acting like they're the first ones who fucking did that. And that's not cool anymore. And if Gotham was a way bigger hit then we could restart the cycle and right. then start thinking about that stuff again, but it didn't really make a blip. Gonna... Well, Gotham is over. Let's go around the horn. How do you guys feel about the end of this entire run of a show on Fox? It is a huge reason we, as an entity, exist. I'm glad it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when we started the show, we were like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now Gotham, there's two shows out? This needs a podcast. <laughs> two shows going on. Um, we have talked so much shit on this show through our past, but uh, and we've had more ups and downs on this. Uh-huh. Like usually, as a threesome or foursome or twosome, we picked, we declared that the show is good or bad, and stuck with that for the entire time. Never the twain shall meet. And I think that our ups and downs on on Gotham, it's like it makes it an anomaly uh-huh. that and I do it, appreciate. It shows that they were trying stuff more than other shows do. Uh-huh. And I'm, we get giddy. Like Legion is a show that we love. And when we heard that this was the last season, we were like, sweet, let's yeah. shows. I am going, I'm a little sad that it's all done. Is this one of our, so we did, we started off on, maybe we'll do a Patreon episode, like a retrospective, but it was Arrow and Walking Dead had been out for a couple years, then Gotham and S.H.I.E.L.D. launched. And Flash was like a twinkle in our eye. Yeah, we heard, yeah. We, we heard it was coming. Uh, this is our first OG done. Mm-hmm. We've lost a lot of shows, thank God. And 
It does feel weird. And yeah. of our eras, too. Like Gotham, we should reinvent ourselves. Yeah. And what are we going to reinvent as? I think you've been pitching hard, Christian show. Oh, yeah, 100%. We are going to be serving the Lord when, uh, 24-7. Serving the Lord Ephesians dick. 24-7. Or, right? just like Gotham was trying to do, we become Superhero Hour Hour 66. And it's just our dads that Greg just beat up when they first meet. <laughs> and they're just podcasting about 66 oh, shows. You guys should, if you're not already uh, patrons of our Patreon, you should go over because Greg just lit out a literary ass-kicking of our fathers. There are pictures of my dad that don't really look like him, and then there are pictures that, like, I can't believe how accurate that is. Did you see how accurate <laughs> Greg's picture was of my dad? It was pretty good. Well, R.I.P. Gotham. It's gone, and maybe with it, we sh- too shall fade into dust, mm-hmm. into the great beyond, and go to our great reward at the feet of our father. Now, we're going to move on from Gotham onto the poll list, where we talk about every other show that we watch this week. Now we're here in the pool list. We're going to be talking about shows. Kicking it off, The Flash. This week on The Flash, Nora plans a heist with rogues, but then the rogues turn on her unless she reveals The Flash's identity. What? Can't trust (laughs) rogues? What can you trust in this world? (laughs) While Sherlock distracts the rogues as a hologram of The Flash, Barry, Iris, and Joe show up with guns. After saving her, Nora reveals she was trying to destroy Cicada's dagger. Meanwhile... Caitlin and Ralph discover that Cisco's metahuman cure prototypes have been stolen and realize that Cicada can weaponize a lethal version of the cure with the cryo-atomizer. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's going on with the cryo-atomizer? Am I right? Do you guys remember John Cicada? No. Like the Enrique Iglesias just before Enrique Iglesias? No. Just like this fucking swarthy Latin heartthrob pop singer. Every time we talk about Cicada, I think John Cicada... And he is like a better not, show would have cast him. He's not on the radio, so now he is a Flash villain. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. The Flash is on Tuesdays on the CW. Your next show this week is Happy. On this week's episode of Happy, we meet Janet. Huh? Oh no! Happy hooks up with a different imaginary animal. What? And Sax and Mary get slimy. Taste buds, I ask you this: If you had to, if you had to, is there an animal that you find a little sexier than all other animals? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, are we talking about like amp- anthropomorphic? Like, are we talking about furries or just no? No, like- no. In, you're at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Is there one that's like, ooh, my wiener's so a I had to be at the zoo because I was gonna say I don't hate that dinosaur erotica exists. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I my think- aunt had a dog one time. Danger- oh yeah, talk you, about that. No, dog. you guys keep going. No, talk more about that dog. I think if like if I had to, if you're putting a gun to my head and you say fuck one of these animals, I think it's either going to be a, a great ape or a pig. Do you say great or grape? You know what? Both. Gotta fuck that grape ape. Gotta fuck that grape ape. The problem is that... Uh, I watched I watched a chimpanzee masturbate at the zoo one time, and I think that's the closest I've ever been to. Like, that's a sexual animal. It's just the most unbroken eye contact you'd ever had. It looked like he was pulling on taffy. So it was a boy. Yes. Okay. That's the thing is that uh, anim- like even female animals are more handsome than like, yeah. sexy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, unless you, there's no like lady gremlin version of the animals. <laughs> oh, man. But if we slap a green wig and lipstick on any gorilla, I'm in. I'm into it. There is that kind of like uh, antelope that are kind of smaller than normal antelope that have like the white and black striped up their legs. And oh, then they yeah. turn, like So it looks like they put do on those, stockings for us. Do those white and black stripes go all the way up? I'm in to it, if I have to be. <laughs> Happy is on Sci-Fi Network. Your next show this week is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This week on Sabrina, everyone gets their fortunes read and shown the horrible, horrible fates they would suffer if they kept going down the path they are all on. I want that. With Theo losing an arm and then both legs, Roz being attacked by an eyeless woman, Harvey being haunted by eldritch horrors, 
Ambrose murdering the Spellmans, Zelda getting cucked by a forest witch, and Sabrina freezing to death after being launched into outer space. Please, once I ask you this, why didn't anyone else watch this great episode of Sabrina this week? That feels like a jam-packed hour. It was great. Was that the 10 years later finale? Pretty much. They just, it, they walk in, uh, this old lady's like, I read tarot cards, and she goes into like Dr. Cerberus's or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, you should read everyone's fortunes. Sabrina walks in, and it just cuts to black, big, boom, Sabrina. And then I was like, I'm in for this, whatever this episode is, and it delivered every single time. Chilling. Uh, Chilling. Adventurous. It was a so. chilling adventure. Sabrina. Sabrina. Netflix. Yeah. Um, my number one moment of the week, though, was uh, Harvey shows up and he's like, like, it cuts to him and he has that slack jawed expression. He's like, all right, so what are we doing? <laughs> and then she flips the first card and it's the fool. And he goes, oh, I get it. Great. The fool. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so this episode of Sabrina was great. You guys should have watched it. Uh, Sabrina is on Netflix all the time. Your next show this week is Cloak and Dagger. On this week's episode of Cloak and Dagger, Tandy's over it and has started seeking out abusive assholes and busting their heads on their own territory. Meanwhile, Tyrone hangs out with his dad for the first time since he disappeared and has the every other shot to all of Tandy's conversations. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How do the storytelling gimmicks, like the convo back and forth, that's actually how conversations work. Yeah, but I mean, like, a conversation. what a bounce, gimmick. <laughs> bounce from scene to scene. Uh, conversations back and forth between Tandy and Tyrone in different places. And the story of the Viper. The Viper and the Farmer? A story that Tandy tells throughout the entire episode. Work for you. Did it make this episode stand out or feel gimmicky? It stood out. But not the, the Viper. The, the So two gimmicks are going on right here, right? There's Tandy flashing back. She's dressed very nicely and giving a weird morbid toast at a wedding. Uh, is what the vibe is, and she's... I don't know if the story of the farmer and the viper is well-known to people, but it based just... There's two things that are not alike, uh, indignity nor in Constitution. Uh, it felt like the scorpion and the frog. Yes, and it's, then it's the scorpion and the frog. was the scorpion and the frog, because right. I was like, no. It, it This feels too much like the scorpion and the frog, so there's no way... Oh, it just is that? Just before the viper bit the farmer, he was like, wait, you're the scorpion, shit! What, did it cost too much money to get the rights to the scorpion and the frog? Aesop uh, drives a hard... Oh, yeah, his in. estate is fucking douchebags. But that did not work for me. The conversation back and forth felt way smoother because the other one was so jarring. I, didn't, I barely acknowledged in a bad way the other one. I'm just getting a little nervous, and we're at the point in every season of every show that we watch where it feels like they are, they are as nervous as we are that there's too many episodes, mm-hmm. that they don't have enough story, and so they're doing this instead. Right. You know, and I've been mostly up on this season so far. Uh-huh. I think it's a quality drama, right? But I, I love the mix of the toned-down CW and the taking superhero seriously, right. which has been sort of Cloak & Dagger's thing. But this felt like, uh-oh, we got to do something. Somebody uh, mixed this shit up. But so all that didn't work for me, but there was like weird, really good character moments that really did work for me. And I think the show is good at that if it had a story to tell instead of this gibberish. Uh, little reversals from last episode is Tandy's mom is like, oh, you're hanging with Tyrone? I like Tyrone. And just having that, it's not a huge callback yeah, but to yeah. when the mom thought about Tandy hanging out with Tandy. That white slut. But it like it, it mirrors well. And like, ta- okay, if we're bringing race into it, him be like, oh, so you called your black friend? And she's right. like, I called my best friend. He's like, no, no, no. You called me for this specific reason to look intimidating to scare you. And even if you weren't saying, even if, Tandy, you weren't thinking black friend when you called up me to, like, make your psychiatrist Be a fake thing, abusive boyfriend? In, your back, in the back of your head, you were like, oh, Tyrone will work. He's black. She'll bite immediately. So it is there. Yeah. 
Do you guys have a moment of the week? My moment of the week has to be the most problematic character. And I don't mean like with racism or Me Tooism. I mean just like sucks. Bad character. Is Mayhem. But this is the moment of the season for Mayhem because they pick a song to play in the background while Mayhem is doing things that has the word Mayhem. And when the singer sings Mayhem, Mayhem looks up like, what? And winks. (laughs) Puts on her green eyeshadow. Mine is that they are faking a bomb threat so they can do something. Bridget and Tyrone have a plan. And there's some fucking rich douchebag because it's like an all whites, all rich, all male club yeah. that they're they're doing things at, and they're like, well, there's there's a bomb, and this fucking like head of security is like, no, if it was real out, I heard about it. <laughs> this is a New Orleans PD is telling you they got a bomb threat. He refuses to believe her, and then something blo- actually blows up. They it wasn't just fake a bomb threat. They're like, well, what if they're not trusting of us because we are black and no girl, and they blow up something for real, and all that made me laugh a lot. Uh, the I wish that could happen in real life so much more often. Mm-hmm. Cloak and Dagger is on Hulu and Freeform. Your next show this week is The Tick. This week on The Tick, Miss Lent continues to masquerade as a hero with the goal of getting into the Flag Five and deciding she needs to take down a supervillain. She makes like David Foster Wallace and considers the Lobstercules. But it turns out Lobstercules isn't evil. She's a mama who's just trying to hang out with her little singing baby lobsters. <laughs> Overkill and Dot use a secret buried in the head of a human lamp to track the Duke, and Superion seems to still be doing kind of not great. So, gentle friends, I ask you this. Even though Lobstercules is not evil, she's still stupid gross, right? It, I cannot believe how heartwarming that scene was. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's Tick funny. Ha, ha, ha. Tick is funny. Tick is always walking that line of perfect Tick to Tick. But her <laughs> tick, hugging her serious. babies... And then immediately going into a uh, conducting a chorus <laughs> of her babies. Man, so she is a bad mom. That got me. It's, is she a stage mom? <laughs> yeah. I try really hard to get my roommate into watching some of the shows that we really like on this show. Uh, he walked in right at the point where she was conducting a, a symphony of lobsters. And he said, what the fuck is this show? What are you doing? I have to imagine if I had never seen any of the tick and I saw that scene. That pulls me in forever because yeah. I'm a good person. Because you understand that, like, somebody wrote that and knew what your expectations were. That's is insane. Be, right? I'm all in. Right. As opposed to saying, somebody thought this is Schindler's List. This is bullshit. I only watch Schindler's List. Yeah. And then he storms out of the room. Why I, is he always bragging about how he watches Schindler's List? He's a weirdo. On well, VHS. He, every like, he's day, getting up to switch he, the VHS he tapes. He bought the streaming Criterion Collection service and he only watches the Schindler's List on it. Well, I mean, so Clerks is on Criterion, so it's not even like that great anymore. And fine. <laughs> They've really lowered their standards. You want to watch one movie only, that's fine. But how he, like, Rocky horrors out on Schindler's List while it's playing, that's fucking disturbing. Now I don't I'm like in that. A red dress, red dress. Okay, they didn't write that song. Yeah. He really shouldn't be throwing spoons at the screen, also. <laughs> it seems really disrespectful. And just whore when the Jews walk on. It's not okay. It's not, it, I don't like watching films with him. Yeah, I hate how like, kind of Schindler just treats it like a variety show. Where he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Jews. And then the Jews <laughs> walk on. It's such a weird movie. It's a weird movie. I've it never seen it. The original Aristocrats. Yeah. Speaking of the original Aristocrats, we watched The Tick this week. Uh, how are you guys feeling about Miss Lintz? It seems like they are doing an arc where she becomes a hero. Yeah, that plot. I love it because that doesn't being a hero doesn't change her personality. She's still an ass. Right. And she's doing it to swing her dick in their face. But she's being like, being a hero is kind of legit. Yeah. I'm not going to break my New Year's resolution. Okay? I'm not going to talk about politics mm-hmm. today. But what I think the tick is doing really great, mostly recently, besides all the tick jokes, is for reals, showing what it would be like if actual humans had powers. Between Lint 
and Hyper- Superion. Yes. Superion. Hyperion is Hyperion the, is the fake Marvel Superman. Marvel Superman, right. Yeah. This is the fake tick Superman. They're just human assholes, yeah. right? Like, they're fucking dicks. And uh, this is what would happen if random people got powers. Mm-hmm. And you didn't land in Ma and Pa Kent's farm. You're just like, you're, you're insecure, and you're emotional, and you're selfish, and this is what actual people would be like. And you also need a social media manager. Of uh-huh. course, yeah. You need someone to tell you about all them hashtags Don't and trends. Don't just let your superhero doing it. Hashtags. No. You need an edge lord to tell you what hashtags are. God, I everyone needs an edge lord. <laughs> edge lord is still working for me. Yeah. I thought that he would be one note and I would get over him. It hasn't happened yet. They're treating edge lord like the office always treated Creed. Yes. It's just enough to make you want more, but he's we're not to get you more. He's got that one dangly take earring. You, you always trust a guy who has one dangly earring. And who says because social media? And I think. Edgelord is an idiot. He knows who he's talking to as an idiot, so that's all he's going to give them. That's true. And the other thing, too, is that Lint so, uh, surrounds herself in classic normal human fashion with people who are uh, le- less intelligent uh-huh. than her. And Edgelord, in his five seconds an episode, doesn't give a shit about how powerful she is. She's right. like, he just rolls his eyes. And She's he, oh, old. You don't know about cobalt? Whatever. I'm going to help you out. Yeah. And, and, I got this dangly earring. I've got this dangly earring. Um, and so how else are you guys, how are you guys feeling about Dot and her progression as a like cat-eyed I, vigilante? I, I like it because if, if Superior and Lint are showing what assholes superheroes would be, Arthur was like our everyman last season and this, he got a little bit of fame and now he's angry if other better heroes, Arthur last season would have been delighted that better heroes can take his place and now he's like, Wait, people better than me might be do this, and my sister has powers and is getting is also becoming an asshole. And in the meantime, throughout all of this stuff, because it's like uh, episode arc, two episode arc, whole season arc, whole show arc. In every episode, even though it's only thirty minutes, my favorite comic book story of all time, just because of when I was born, is Apocalypse needs like these twelve X Men to make this uh-huh. machine work, and we don't know who they are. And so for years, we were all trying to guess who it is. We don't know who the fearsome fivesome or whatever uh-huh. it is, and we keep getting introduced to heroes like. Uh, Bronze Star, Bronze Star, and Sage, and say, is that the nipple guy? Yes. Yeah, Sage. Big, his powers come from his extra nipples. The, the, the super luminary. Uh, and so, and now Dot is like getting more and more, or realizing her powers, and now uh-huh. she's in the mix. And I don't know who the five are going to be. I don't either, and I'm excited. It could be any of them, and I'd be like, "Yeah, you deserve it." Uh, <laughs> You're so you, supportive. Do you guys have moments of the week? Starting with Mike. I have two. A real God old one. It. I was eating yogurt. When the lobster feeding scene was happening, oh, God. Uh, it was the worst. <laughs> Were you bummed that you had to put that yogurt in your mouth instead of your mom putting yes, that yogurt in that your mouth? Yes, that made me so hurt. Uh, and then it's Sage is there. He has the magical nipple. And he does something. And they look at him. He goes, oh, yeah, magic is real. And Tick just goes, yay. <laughs> and that, yes. Uh, between an essay that was written at some college that got an A+, a movie review that was written, and then this episode of The Tick, there were two. Uh, the first rule of Fight Club references mm-hmm. this week, and I thought we were done. The movie is twenty years old, guys, but oh, uh, still kicking. Overkill saying the first rule of Club is shut up. Yeah, that's my moment of the week. <laughs> yeah, he, he took out the fight. He took out so many of the words and made it better. Uh, my moment of the week was uh, just like the the fact that they revealed that uh, Black Market Bob is Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I just really. I liked it. It was very simple. Uh, the Tick is on Amazon Prime all the time. You can watch it, but we're watching it week by week. Your next show this week is Arrow. In the criminal justice system, security guard murders are considered especially heinous. In Star City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as Dinah and Sergeant Rolls' Eyes. Taste buds, I ask you this. 
with its dragged out interrogation scenes and unreliable narrators. Is Arrow phoning it in or trying to prove it too can have fun? Okay, so this was a big deal because this, in a lot of ways, felt like a gimmick, right? Season six, episode 20. Uh huh. You got to do something, right? Like, you got to do something, throw something in a bedroom to mix up the, the night. Uh huh. Ass to ass. But the results of this were insane. Bananas. So uh, we get Roy Harper. Yeah. Hardcore parkour back. Hardcore parkour is back. And uh, now he's in on the thing. And then in the meantime, there's a whole mystery. Everybody has a different story about how these security guards. Two security guards are dead. And Dinah is. In the kitchen. It's it's like they know what we've said is they don't know what to do with her. Because now she is back to anti-team arrow for 90% of this episode. And the sergeant who's just a sergeant, who's calling her out, even though she's the police chief. He, he's also an interrogating. Uh, it's just interrogation after interrogation after interrogation of all of Team Arrow. And I'm stoked because we do get to do a little bit of Rashomon, right? Like, how do uh-huh. all of these people tell a story differently? Which is not the most creative gimmick, but, you know, for Arrow at this point, I'll take anything. Felicity's is rudely through a sandwich. They, take, they tell all the same stories. There is no information offered. We're trying to build this mystery that I don't care about. I don't care about, and especially, dude, they make me not care about, not just by poor execution, because they say, well, we did save the city from terrorists. We, our skin would have all literally melted off. It does suck that two security guards die. And they go, yeah, we don't care about the terrorism. We don't, who, oh, you say the ninth circle is there? Isn't that convenient? And they're like, well, yeah, that's why we were there, was to stop the terrorists from, what? And then it all turns out that, uh, that these two security guards were killed by somebody who was broke, the poorest execution. Uh, and it was Roy the whole time who is Lazarus Pitt crazy. Uh-huh. And I guess that was a surprise. But the, 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 the most insane thing was that all of Team Arrow teamed up and said, hey, Roy, bud, we got your back. It doesn't matter that these two innocent people are dead. We just, we're going to say that it was Amika, my sister, and you are scot-free. Yeah, he might kill again. Like, sure... I get Ollie because Roy went to jail for Ollie years ago. Like he, I, I do believe Ollie being like, "I'll do whatever the fuck you need for me, bro. You don't even have to ask." Nobody else has met Roy, and I want them to be like, "No, I'll do no. anything. I'll do anything you want for me." In that, like, if you have a late fee at Blockbuster and you don't want to argue it, I'll go in and argue it. I will argue. Not watch you murder two cops, two innocent men. And then say, well, uh, who, 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 who This is the it? problem with every superhero world is like, they're like, but I know, and this is what, uh, how Wild Dog feels about Amico, but I know they're good, so they should never have to deal with any consequences. But now you're the bad guy. Yeah, that's If you're that's doing monstrous. that, you're going against everything the show is built. lock Roy up and make him deal with that Lazarus pitch. One show. question real quick, Taylor, and I'm so sorry. Do you think that this is a terribly written episode that pisses on everything, or a greatly written episode that is setting up the uh, doom of the future? On purpose, like how bad it's going to be? This is where it all breaks apart. In a hilarious way? This is, I mean, it's got to be one or the other, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it, was, it was hard to watch to the point where uh, my roommate walked in and I went, this is a bad, like I had to apologize for watching this. It was so bad. All right, moments of the week? Uh, my moment of the week was Roy, and like they were punched to death. Like, they, he just killed the guards, like, with his fists and like with his little daredevil weapons. And then uh, the Team Arrow walks in and he looks up and he's like, what? <laughs> I'm Roy. <laughs> uh, mine is also where a moment is uh, they're like talking about how they're going to heist whatever skin melt bomb. And Felicity goes, well, Roy is incredible when it comes to parkour. And then it cuts to him entrapmenting through these laser lines. And it was so dumb. It was so, it's like they listened to us and went, we're going to do it for them, baby. Also, that was the third 
Yes. Episode of Entrapment Lines this week? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's in the. It's just in the ether. Uh, Arrow's on Sunday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, Dreamer becomes National City's protector while Kara works to clear Supergirl's name and gets into a showdown with Ben Lockwood. Meanwhile, James takes extreme measures to get over his PTSD. That's Supergirl. Supergirl's on the CW on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Molly Ringwald is back for the foreseeable future. Archie has decided punching things is the only thing he is good for in life. Veronica learns her dad never actually sold her the diner. Edgar Evernever isn't the gargoyle king, but he can gar-get it. And Betty and Jughead change the prom theme last minute to feed into a gargoyle king prophecy, leading into a slasher sequence with a hook-handed black hood, a.k.a. the black hook. Chase, once <laughs> I ask you this, why do you think it took this long to bring in actual Riverdale writers to show these other fucking hacks how to write a goddamn episode of Riverdale? So we are here then, right? Like, we're we are here. here. It's back, baby. Is it, it? It's just that we needed an event, you know, like prom. Now we're like, it's, it's, it, but it they control when prom hits. But every part of it, though, even beyond just it being prom, like this is how you write Cheryl being on the farm. Like she's still Cheryl, and she still wants to campaign for like prom queen. But the farm's gonna be like, hey, no, you can't do that. And she's like. Fine, I don't care about anything anymore. Like, that's Cheryl on the farm, and that's what we haven't had the last, like, three months. And Give us that! As much as I missed, like, hardcore, run-the-school uh, montage Cheryl in high heels the entire time, I love the opposite of, like, I don't... Do whatever you yeah. want with the fucking prom. Like, I'm so over like, it. Like, who cares? Turn it into a renaissance They're gonna take Jason Blossom away from me, so whatever. Uh, this episode also had the, uh, the most audacious music choice for a... Uh, a montage that I've ever seen, Kids which pop. is they ju- well they just went right back to Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Every other show is like we can't do that. They were like, no, fuck it. Archie's do- preparing for a boxing match. Eye of the Tiger well, montage. That makes sense. It's Archie. He would pick the hackiest hack shit. And I like that Molly Ringwald's back. I-, I unfortunately because Luke Perry is off the show forever now. But Archie, I'm gonna stay until your dad gets back from wherever he is. And then they all just look sad and down at the ground. Why didn't they throw him in the prison bus? I don't. I that's. I thought what they were doing when they introduced Molly Ringwald, and they were like, "Oh yeah," and how we only found Hal's hand. I was like, "How Cooper fucking killed Luke Perry and then cut off his own hand." I wonder if they feel like it's disrespectful to say I we dismembered so. Luke Perry because he died in real Probably. life. Probably disrespect Molly Ringwald. Whatever. All but you want. Let, let's talk about this fucking. They had a full on slasher sequence at the end of this episode. Do they and call it, was, it Black Hook? No, I, that was me. I like it, but it because how cut off his hand and they were like we identified it by the fingerprints and then the black hood shows up with a hook hand so before we get to that mike you did not watch no nah. okay so i'm gonna pump you up pump before we get up. to the scene that is like the first directed capital d directed scene in so many episodes yes right um the it the show opens with um betty saying like no my dad's not dead he's somewhere like we got to find him and now ski Ulrich, and this is when the the casting really worked has to be the cop saying, "Well, no, we didn't find like we don't. Uh, we think he's dead, and he's very clearly dead because I'm saying he's dead. Come on, Skeet, watch a horror You've movie. You've been there, you, Billy. You've been there. But Betty runs through the halls in a very clear. I know what you did last summer. Oh, did she say what are you waiting for at the ceiling? A bunch. Uh, and then she hides in a closet, and the bad guy's banging on the door, and then it stops. And then two seconds later, she opens the door, 
and Jughead is there. It's exactly like Scream. It is exactly like Scream. You guys, it's so fucking good. And this is the episode where they reminded us, hey, remember from season one when Betty stole that gun? She still got it, baby. <laughs> and sometimes she's going to pull it out and pretend to shoot at it. And it's going to be interrupted by a phone call from Dr. Curdle. Not just Dr. Curdle, but always Dr. Curdle Jr. And her... the. Like the emotional roller coaster that Betty Cooper has to go through. Like, I don't think my dad's dead, and that sucks. And then she hears that her dad is really dead. And she's like, I'm glad but sad. Uh, and then has to do all of these things throughout the episode. Uh, this episode, by the way, was written by the crew that brought you the uh, Vixen Dance Off. Okay, good. Uh, the Cheryl Rescue episode. And also the episode that brought us uh, Cybercam Betty and the phrase Cyber Trick. They should probably uh, not keep them in the fucking Riverdale closet so much of the year. Yeah. Let them write more episodes. It felt like they brought in the writers that they knew how to write just so that they could fix the last eight episodes of the show that just uh, came out. It makes me think that like there's certain writers for the first three and last three songs on every album. Yeah, and then there's a different crew uh-huh. for like the bullshit in the middle. Uh, real quick, Taylor, I am a hardcore whatever I am used to is what I want as yes. far as relationships go. Like I always wanted Zach and Kelly to be together forever. I wanted uh, Brandon and Brando to be together forever. Archie and Veronica on the verge. I can't believe how little I care. I'm yeah. like, actually, don't I, like, don't do this. I was more excited about uh, Fangs and Kevin actually being an item than I was about. I was like, yeah, okay, Good fine. For Kevin, yeah, but he deserves it. Kevin's right. Kevin's new mom. <sighs> Barbara Gordon is going to hate Fangs. Uh, moment of the week? My moment of the week is how I'm so stoked that Chad, Michael Montgomery, and I decided to uh, keep the same regiment and body this entire time. We look identical to each other. When he took his shirt off, yeah. I was like, what is that, Ryan on the screen? It really was. It, I was like, yeah, it looks just like Ryan with cum gutters and all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my moment of the week is, if it's not any of the other things we talked about, it is just a very short moment when... Uh, Archie and Veronica go to get their tickets together, and Cheryl turns and she says, oh, an I- what is office back on again? And she turns to Tony and says, you owe me a cherry phosphate. <laughs> that's a batshit thing to say. And those are the things that I have missed from Riverdale. Riverdale is back on, baby, on Wednesdays on The CW. Your next show this week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow... Sarah is trying to avoid book club. Nate and Zari are trying to avoid their feelings. Mick is trying to avoid coming out as Rebecca Silver. And Ray is trying to avoid murdering all of his friends. Are any of them successful? Probably not. Taste buds, I ask you this. What combination of characters here wouldn't work? Like that we watched? No. That of, of Legends. Just the, the Legends... That's a stupid question, idiot. Dock it. It's, it's, every Anybody combination will work. Oh, yeah. Okay, so can we start there? Let's start with the, the Mona problem. One, it's weird, and I'm sorry if I've beat this dead horse before, that no matter what show this actress is on, it is just her name. Because with Legends of Tomorrow and with Santa Clarita Diet, rest in peace, her name is just Ramona because her real name is Ramona. Is it because they know she's so bad at acting, they have to just use her real name so she'll respond? I'm sure. I felt like up to this episode, we were, uh, I don't know, like not being accepting of her, like, She's not like one of our people, so we were like mm-hmm. shutting her out. And if the Legends crew, the writers and directors and stars and actors and characters and spaceships all are welcoming her, then let's do that too. And then this episode, I knew for sure. Like it, 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 it seemed like instead of like trying to work her into our like favoritism, uh-huh. they said, we're just going to make her an imitation of the most awful internet troll and yeah. make her the most hateable character ever. Which also felt like a betrayal of the slim character they've built for her. But yeah, they're, so they're at Romcon, 
which is a great name for a convention. Happy uh, Endings did it, but that's fine. Uh, Happy Endings did it. Uh, so Mick is afraid to come out as Rebecca Silver, so Charlie is dressed up as a very, very hot Rebecca Silver. Uh, here for the glasses, here for the hair, here for that business suit. Okay, you're into her. We got and, it. But it, should I get in more detail why? Uh, and then Mona loves Rebecca Silver, is the one person on that ship who doesn't know it's Mick, and instead of just being like, oh, that's weird, that's Charlie, just starts screaming, you're not Rebecca Silver! You as an artist owe us every single detail of your life, and if you don't give it to us, then I'm going to scream here in the middle of the convention and get the audience on my side, and we're all going to scream at you because you have given us art that we all love, like that we're yeah. obsessed with, but we want more details, and we will fucking fight you. And that would work if the show had Desmond the Demon and the Big Bad do that. Right. But I do feel like they've tried to build Not a up- person on the precipice. They've tried to build up Mona as a empathetic character. We should care about her, even though we don't. Uh, it was a weird move why she's such an asshole. They either want her off the show, or they're trying to do a thing where, like, the werewolf, or I don't want to be... Wolfie? The, the wolf inside me? The wolf inside me is, uh, like, taking over. Mm-hmm. It felt like the whole thing was like, all right, Mona, you're accepted now, because we're going to tell you who Rebecca Silver actually is. But she forced her way into it through yeah. assholery. I think, I think they didn't understand what people liked about Gary, and, uh-huh. they, and they, they went the wrong direction in creating a new character. Because, yeah, I remember having my hackles raised when Gary came at first, and then eventually be like, he's su- such a small moment. I'm fine with Gary. And the direction they're taking Gary now, where Gary is evil, and, like, it was a switch jump. It was a quick switch, or a switch jump. A switch jump. As my mouth wanted to say earlier. Upturned upside down. But when Desmond says, here's how they treat you, he is not wrong. They did uh-huh. a legit flashback that was only real moments of the show of everybody treating him like dog dirt. It was a montage to Eye of the Tiger, but he was just being sad. He was just time. being sad while they were so mean to him. So when Desmond's like, I'll be sort of nice to you and give you that nipple back, Gary's like, yeah, fuck the legends. Let's not explain that part. Because love and hate, Maybe are they trying to do that with Gary and Mona? How close love and hate are, and how quick you can switch on your idols? I know, but it sucks because we have a female POC. That is all of this awful, mm-hmm. you know? Like, And then Gary just gets accepted as another white male character. But accepted as an evil. He's going evil. He's not good. But it's so, like, interesting. Like, they're not... Right. They're botching this Mona thing on every mm-hmm. level. Um, in the meantime, Mona aside, this is a nearly perfect Legends yes. episode. Uh, I could not believe how they keep tricking me into... Like, I do this thing and we're like, oh, I get it. You're doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, my God. You're not playing Raiders for like this uh, instrumental action movie. You're showing that it is actually the perfect rom-com right. in the middle of this rom-com con while they're reading a rom-com book, book and having a rom-com about the rom-com book. And then in the meantime, Ray and Nate uh-huh. are having a rom-com while Ray gets to do possessed body part, which is one of my favorite and tropes. He, yeah, and, and Idle Hands having- is the Ray's playground. <laughs> And I, I do love that that like uh, Nate goes to hug him. He's like, you know what? I haven't checked in with you. I know my dad died, but I haven't. And like, and Ray gave him like a tap hug because he didn't want to kill him. And Nate was like, "What the fuck is that? You give me a real hug. I'm here for hug friends hugging real friends for reals." Uh, moments of the week, starting with Mike. Okay, if it's not Gary realizing he's Gary because it's like he didn't know until Desmond made him montage. Jerry from Parks and Rec always knew, right? Yeah. But Gary did not. It's the very real. Uh, the book club gets kind of ruined because Mona leaves, and then Sarah's like, let's do it. And Ava's like, we don't have to. And that's our true couple thing is, if it's just the couple, now we don't need to do the bullshit neither of us actually wanted to do. 
that's it for now. <laughs> Brian, but later, more moments. Uh, my moment of the week is um, Mike and I do a podcast called The OCD. And right now, what we're working on is a budding relationship between a character named Seth and a character named Alex. And although it was weird that Zari and Nate spent most of the time in Raiders of the Lost Ark Land, they ripped off the OC by doing the, oh, where does it hurt? And then uh-huh. the boy touches his head. And maybe that was in Raiders, but if it was, it's now owned it by the, the OC. OC. Just like Johnny Cash owns hurt. Point to above your uh, eye, point to your cheek, point to your lips. Oh my God, your lips hurt. Oh my God, we're kissing. It's the most romantic thing that's ever happened. My other moment of the week is them telling Gary that nipple belongs to hell now. Uh-huh. No context. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is on Monday nights on The CW. Your next show this week and final show this week is Doom Patrol. But you got to admit that like it's awesome how they brought God that unicorn it. nipple do thing I back, right? No, do I have no control here? <laughs> also, Barely. The OC is a good show. On this week's God episode of Doom Patrol, Larry gets the A plot as we get to see him continue to dream about John, starting with a magical night in a hotel and ending with them together at the end of John's life. Meanwhile, Robot Man punches a gator to death for his daughter's dad's watch. <laughs> Taste Buds, I ask you this. This show. How many movies have portrayed a more honest, heartbreaking journey of a gay dude than this low-budget streaming DC Universe show? Seriously. That's Oof. not a number. Is it zero? It's I, zero. zero. And it's because, you know what, why? Larry's a dickhead. And this yeah. is him realizing he's a dickhead. He's not a magical gay man who's good at all things. This is an like other gay men. season-long Oh yeah arc they're doing the thing that we always dream of with character building and never ever get even john when he sees him he's like i would be mad but i'm so fucking old i'm gonna die you haven't fucked anybody since the 60s i like he says you haven't fucked anyone since jfk yeah since jfk he fucked jfk yeah he that's i interpreted it as larry trainer fucked jfk and even though that we have a guy dressed like the invisible man and a 90 year old guy we still have the an officer and a gentleman end of the movie where it picks him up and uh-huh. does the carry outside. Oh, it was so it was so nice and so beautiful, and I loved that old man where he's just like, yeah, whatever. We I'm just pissing and shitting myself all the time. <laughs> Life sucks. I'm gonna die soon. It's good to see you, buddy. But the, I think the important thing that shows can learn is that so many of the shows that we watch watch HBO shows, want to be HBO shows, aren't sure how to do it. So they just go through the motions. Mm -hmm. Whereas all of Larry's journey from episode one to here, like every single plot line that he got was filled with stuff, like very important, very heartbreaking stuff, which means that every moment that they do, it doesn't feel checklisty. They Mm -hmm. earn all of it. Yeah. And this is another moment where all of the other shows that we watch, even if they have this sort of representation, a lot of times it feels like they're, they are checking off a checkbox. Uh You're like, We've got it. We've got a character. This felt like they had this character and they were like, we're going to do something with it and actually give it a good storyline and not just be like, eh, he, he likes guys sometimes. Should we send out like teachers to teach them how to do this? Like, should yes. we have Larry trainers that God go to other shows? God fucking damn it. And if you argue, you're homophobic. You know, and now I'm trapped. Yep. I, I mean, let me put it this way. The uh, Larry and John plot line was mm-hmm. so good and so engrossing that I did not mind that we did not see any of the Robot Man versus Gator fight. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Fine, you can do that off screen. We're not doing that in this episode, and that's yeah. okay. You we saw zero, and that's Robot Man is like the if there had to be a protagonist, he's here. But he had such a big episode. Him and Jane had such a big episode last week that they did let Cyborg and was Cyborg with Jane. Cyborg and Jane go, and Larry like it was like, oh yeah, we have an ensemble. 
Let's fucking move on. Yeah. And in this 15 episode season, we're on the third episode of this one impact point. Uh huh. Like, yeah. There's like, what is it? Jane is on the like the yeah, bed, the right? table, yeah. And everybody's around her. And now this is three episodes showing what people went through while she was while on the bed happened. for a minute. Because this is what happens if you have six people in the house, they all live different goddamn experiences. And it's great. And uh, this was a, such a fucking good episode of television. Unfortunately, we are running down. Come on. Insane. No, no, no. Hold on. Real quick. Real quick. Hold on. I think that this is sort of my end of my cyborg defense. I think that now he really stands out to me. I don't think he's the best actor. I think the character stands out. And he's, I think he pushed past the line of like a foil, mm-hmm. a goody two-shoes foil to like him and Jane together really stuck out. And I think that cyborg kind of sucks now. But wh- why I like, why I will uh, disrespectively disagree is the, the scene where he go, like, he's talking to Jane and he's like, he, is, he wants to be a hero. He doesn't want his dad pushed for the Justice League, but he wants to be a hero on his terms. But he also, like, he looks down on the Justice League and on Doom Patrol. And that's shown when he goes to Jane. Have you ever thought you had something inside of you that could do major damage if you lost control? And just her look, her just fucking duh look, like, like yeah. he doesn't look care about anybody else's business as much as he says he does. He's an oblivious kid. And, and I think that works for me. All right. Really, truly, moments of the week. Ryan? I have two 10-minute moments of the week. <laughs> that's not allowed. Um, I have three 30-minute. I love... Every time that we every every episode since we've met the old aged Doom Patrol, uh-huh. the name of the show, but our who we consider the Doom Patrol. Every episode, they're like, no, we don't want to become the Doom Patrol, right? We don't want to just mm-hmm. focus on our past mistakes and have that happen. All they do is not like consider how they should live from here on out, but keep fixing old shit and fucking shit up. Yeah, I wish they would realize that. But my actual moment of the week was uh, Cliff's <laughs> daughter's speech. At the end where she gives a, uh, what do you call it? Not eulogy? monologue, uh, eulogy yeah. to her dad and says, here's the good things that make noise. Is that yours? Oh, I fucking love that line. Can you describe Doom Patrol better than here's, here's the, the good, good things, things that, that make, make no sense? Doom Patrol, my friendship with you guys, my yeah. marriage. <laughs> it works. Was that your moment? No. Of the week? Okay, uh, cool. I have two. Uh, one, okay. if it's a quick Ten one. minutes each, Mike. Ten minutes Fine. each. Big D hits on Rita, and she's just like, fuck it. I'm into it. I'm bored with my life. And he yeah. orders a pitcher of beer, and her look when he just drinks straight from the pitcher instead of serving yeah. other people or pouring into a glass. Yeah. She, what is she? So, like, she was so tired of being, like, elitist that uh-huh. now she's just going to treat just every... Just slum it. Get away from that guy. Yeah, when he says, is not great. would you like to share a bucket of chicken? You say no. And then, uh, in the beginning, Rita demands an apology for what one of Jane's personality put her through, and Jane going, yeah, Karen's cray-cray. That, <laughs> fucking love it. Uh, my moment of the week was uh, the fact that during that scene where um, John Bowerman passes away as the, the sun is setting, uh, they play Frank Ocean's rendition of Moon River, and they had the option of doing Elle Fanning and Asap Ferg's rendition of Moon River, and they didn't, and that's Good. my moment of the week. Doom Patrol's on. So, which 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 is your favorite version of Moon River? It's uh, I think it actually is Frank Ocean's. I think it goes oh, in order. It goes Frank Ocean, then um, uh, what's her face from you know the one that everyone knows, the original Moon River. Yeah, Moon uh, River herself. Yeah, and then Elle Fanning and Asap Ferg, and then all of the others. If I like, if I know Taylor, and I think I do. Uh, whatever his favorite one is probably Moon Creek and not Moon River. God damn, I mentioned Creek the Moon one Creek. time. You mentioned creeks constantly. And what the, your number one is ocean singing about rivers. What the hell is going on? Well, I like to go Water chasing boy. waterfalls. Don't! 
<laughs> Stick to the rivers. You and did not listen to the song to. good enough. It's rivers and creeks. You son of a bitch. Now, Doom Patrol's on the DC Universe all the time. We it comes Every out Friday. on Fridays, and we watch it, and it's a good show. You should watch the show. We broke him. <laughs> That's this show next week, guys. I never thought I would say this again, but Lucifer's coming back. And he's sexy on Netflixy. Hell yeah. Also, iZombie's final season premiere is coming around. And I'm so excited. It's a nice night for a witch wedding. Witch wedding? Uh, the, the witch wedding? Witch wedding. Witch wedding. Yes. Yes. It's on the first. And wouldn't it be a funeral if it's with witches? Ooh. Bizarro. That's it for this show. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Greg. And Greg, we miss you. We're in the world, baby. Yeah, kicking it in the door. We're gonna go and murder some people because we're villains now. We own guns and we like to use them, but that's it, not watching what that. Uh, commit a bar scene. Uh-huh. Did that give you hope? Like, being able to hook up with girls like Rita. When you're old, yeah, <laughs> somebody's gonna be on the edge of the rope. And then You're destined to be a guy in a Florida bar offering girls buckets of chicken. I've only ever eaten buckets of chicken and ordered beers by the pint. I have to, I feel a little for Taylor. It has to be so hard to have a cast member here every week blowing nothing but compliments up your ass. So when it's gone, it feels like the world hates you. Oh, for sure. It just means you're not on that pedestal now. Imagine, uh, do you remember the Energizer Bunny? Uh-huh. Okay, so imagine. I wish I could forget. Imagine a commercial like that, but instead of everyone supporting him and like turning him on, uh, tonight was just somebody squatting over him and doing a big fat hot shit. But that's how I feel. Every, nobody compliments me or you. You're a normal person. Thank you. He grew up normal. His goddamn sunglasses wearing, always be drumming bunny. And then me and my wife are going to do what about